Whether you keep them in your home or love to see them in theirs, these are the creatures that bring us all together. Reptiles. reptiles. We're going to be delving into the experiences of reptile lovers from around the block and around the world. This is the Reptile Talk Podcast. What's up, everybody? This is Jeremy Turgeon from Brassman Reptiles. And I'm Rob, and I'm creeping it real. And we're getting ready for another awesome guest. I'm super pumped. Yes, super, this is going to be great. Rob, who do we have tonight? Ba -ba 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 -bum. We have <laughs> Dennis McNamara on here. How are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Oh yeah. Doing great, man. Yeah. Um, so for the people who might not know who you are or they might not uh, follow you on social media or that sort of thing, uh, where did you kind of get your passion for rep reptiles? Are you always a lifelong reptile lover? Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess it's kind of a story. But I don't know, as a kid, I mean, I grew up across from some woods and we'd go catch some animals, but uh, just whatever was out there and whatever we saw. But I think the turning point for me was a David Letterman episode. Um, I don't know. I think I was probably like, 13 or something like that and he had somebody on i don't remember who that had a whole bunch of animals and it took me about a year to convince my mother that i needed to have some of those animals <laughs> and, uh, and then i did it and i actually had a biology teacher in high school that had a boa and a black rat snake and a toke and um a rose tarantula and i think that was about it and so it kind of made it so those kind of things spurred me on and I don't know, and then I used to go to this big pet store that was near me called Animal Jungle, and then I started working there when I was in high school, and that kind of made it. So we had a, it was a big pet store. We did, I don't know, um, and it was, it was a 27,000 square foot pet store. It was old, an old food lion. Wow. And, uh, Damn, yeah. We had, a, we had a big reptile section. We did, this was in, I mean, I don't know. I started working there in 1993, I think, 90, yeah, 1993. And at that time, we did, like, Forty or fifty thousand dollars of the reptile business a, a month. Wow. So wow. It was it was like you know for that time frame and all the things that were there. It was a it was oh, a great time. Got to see a lot of cool stuff. I got to learn a lot of things, and it actually segued into my current career. I work at a zoo. Um, a customer and the guy who worked at the zoo was like, "You need to come work at a zoo," and I was like, "I do." And he, was like, <laughs> yeah. and he brought me an application. I filled it out, and I was almost 21 years ago that I started working at the zoo. So, wow. I don't know. So I've had a private collection that whole time and then I've gotten to do it professionally in multiple different aspects. And so it's been great. That's incredible. And Hell yeah. so, so he was just like one of the customers that came in and he was like, you know a lot about animals. You need to come work for us. Pretty much. I mean, we've become friends. I mean, yeah. I knew him. Um, I knew him over and I, there's a very big herb community here in this area in Virginia beach. Um, and so he was one of the guys I got to know. He's one of my better friends. He's in my wedding. Um, and just gotten, just knowing him over the years. And I don't know, I mean, I had known him for a few years at that point in time. And then he just was like, there's a spot. You should really take it. I think you'd be great. And then, you know, again, like you couldn't do that today. Like I have interns no. that work for me that works for free for a year or two years, just trying to get an interview. And like, yeah, he really brought me an application, turned it in, got me an interview and I got a job the first time I even tried. So, I was super lucky, and again, I don't think it would never happen that way today. So yeah. <laughs> I try to remember that whenever I have people come to, to intern for me or work for me or whatever else. Just that I really had it fall in my lap. I mean, not to say I didn't work hard and I did a good job. I think so. You know, I mean, I think all those things helped, but I really did just luck out. 
Yeah. And what what are you uh, what are some of the things that you work with at the zoo, or like some of the things you're really? Because I love seeing all the stuff that you're working with over there, um, and it's super interesting to me. So what to, what are some of the things that you work with on you know a daily or weekly basis at at the zoo? Um, my job is I oversee the reptile section. So the reptile department of the zoo, we have roughly I don't know, say 500 animals, roughly 100 species, give or take, um, depending mm-hmm. on what we have going on. We have everything from Siamese crocodile, we have king cobra, we have Ethiopian mountain adder, we have rhino vipers, we have green tree pythons, Amazon basin emeralds, um, black, blue, yellow, green tree monitors, croc monitors, rays monitors, um, albabra tortoise. There's a whole bunch of different stuff. And people always ask me what's my favorite or what gets me excited. And I'm really lucky that I actually get to pick up the collection. So, it's all stuff you love. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, I, so I think that, like, uh, I don't know. It all excites me. I don't ever, you know, every, there's not an exhibit in there. Well, we have like a Madagascar hits and cockroach exhibit, but sometimes I'm like, oh, we could do something cooler, but people like it. And yeah. It, yeah. We actually made it in. I had, uh, there's a woman that volunteers for us that does incredible artwork, and she actually made it into a roach motel. We were in there, and there's roaches going all over us. So it's pretty cool. You know, I mean, I, you know, I, I just, I, I'm, I'm very lucky to be in the spot that I am. And then, just got to do, got to pick out really a whole bunch of cool animals. There were a couple of things like I didn't get Komodo. Um, I really wanted Komodo, but we didn't get that. <laughs> I have cross monitors. I have creative monitors. We have white throat monitors. We have black, blue, yellow, green tree monitors. So I can't really complain too much. Yeah. We have, I mean, I think we have monitors that are rarer than Komodos. I was saying grays. I was just going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Glazed right over the fact that you guys have grays monitors. And I was like, <laughs> wait a second, what? <laughs> How? Yeah, it's a crazy lizard that eats that eats figs and fruit, fruit like they're alive. It's yeah, amazing. so they they still try and kill it and everything like it's alive. Oh, they they're just we only have one. It's a female, and like she'll try to like if you walk in there and you have a radio on, she'll try to eat your radio. Like she's just kind of a <laughs> wow. She's just kind of a machine. Um, she has no fear of anything, and she's just kind of like, like she just when she wants something, she just kind of takes it. Then, wow. And we do a lot of bugs and. She gets one road in a week, plus like micro or super in three days a week, and then fruit one day a week. But I would say everything is eaten with the same ambition. It's kind of crazy. That is wild. I I don't think I've ever seen a graze monitor in person. Mm, no, me either. It's a beautiful lizard. I mean, it's really yellow. So it's a, I'd say kind of, we have a female, so probably like adult mangrove monitor size, kind of. Like, okay. I don't know, probably like four and a half feet. Yep. Yeah. The males can be big. The males can be, they call them banjo lizards in the wild in uh, <laughs> the Philippines. They, they can be like almost, the males can be like five to six feet, I think, on some of the big males. Wow. Oh, wow, yeah. That's a good size monitor for sure. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty much just, a, it's, it's a tree monitor. I mean, there's, like, it, it really hardly is ever on the ground unless it's kind of searching for things. It's always in the trees, always looking for things up there, and super cool animal. Yeah. And you guys work with, you guys have some Mangshans there and uh, like Parviocula and stuff yeah. like that? Yep. Oh. Our Venomous collection, we have Parviocula, we have Mangshans. There's Parviocula are my favorite. They're um, amazing. Yeah. We have Rhino Vipers. Rhino Vipers, we have uh, Rubile and Rattlesnakes, we have, uh, we have, we have Pierce, the Spectre Rattlesnake, we have Fulbri, uh, Red Pygmies, and we have, uh, Timber rattlesnakes. We have some Mexican cantos. Mm. There's my lash fire. Um, 
I think that might be it. That might be something I'm missing. And then a King Cobra. Hell yeah. That's a fun, that's a cool section. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a, it's a great, you know, it's a, it's a great little group of animals. Yeah, it's it's crazy because like I I think about the zoos around here and they don't really have venomous snakes on display. I think the only place in New England that I can think of that has venomous snakes like Nerd, we had some on display, but we don't really display them off that much anymore. Besides Lilith, Lilith, the blue-eyed leucistic king cobra, she's on display. So like when people take a tour of the facility, they they'd see her. Mm-hmm. But most of our venomous collection is not on display. Um I'm trying to think. The Museum of Science in Boston has timber rattlesnakes on display, but that's pretty much it. It's like hardly – since venomous snakes are so heavily regulated in New England, no one privately owns them, and most of the zoos are not very interested in having them. So yeah, you can't really native. see. You have to go outside of you know our immediate area if you want to see any venomous snakes on display. So it's interesting to me to go out other places and see stuff. Like we had gone to uh, a zoo in Catoctin, like Pennsylvania area, and they have like a king cobra, and they've got uh, timber rattlesnakes, they've got – you know, um, eyelash vipers, a lot of different stuff on display. And I was just like curious. So I asked one of the zookeepers who had come into the reptile house. I was like, Hey, like who takes care of your reptiles? And he was like, Oh, well, well I do. And I was like, so you have like, do you have your own pet reptiles? He's like, Oh no, I had never worked with reptiles before six months ago. And I was like, Oh my God, you have King, King Cobras and, and all this Ooh. stuff and a croc monitor in here. And you haven't worked with reptiles inside six months. Oof. It's, it's wild. <laughs> yeah, well, see, those are things that kind of scare me. I'm, you know, we, I'm lucky. I have a great staff, and you know, um, and just people that have been doing it for a while, for the most part. And you know, just I don't know. We've we've we know how to work around things and do stuff like that. That that kind of stuff like cross like cross monitors to me. I know they're like the fanciest and the shiniest thing right now, but man, there's not a lot of stuff that's actually like that animal. That yeah. reacts that animal. Like that animal reacts first, and then does everything second. Like it's, uh-huh. it's and they're so fast, and they so like so different. And I don't get me wrong; I think it's a fantastic animal. Yeah, but it is not for ninety nine point nine percent of the people that think they want one. I agree you with know, you one hundred percent. It is not. It is not like all like any. I don't even know thing like any other monitor. No, it's just like just smart and quick and like. We make ours jump back and forth to eat. So, like, she or he, he'll jump, like, three or four feet back and forth mm-hmm. to grab mice. And, like, like, it's nothing. Just the agility and just the way that thing goes, it's just an amazing, it's an amazing animal. I get why people like them, but. Yeah, yeah. And there, there is something about that lizard that makes me go, I wish not everybody liked them as much as they do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> For honestly, sure, of, yeah. of all the things that I work with at Nerd, Crocodile monitors are one of the only things that makes me nervous. Like when I go in there, um, because of how much space they can cover in a very short amount of time and how, uh, you know, sharp and how potent their teeth are, uh, they are one of the few things that I, you know, I take a lot of caution whenever I'm working with things, but I always double, triple, quadruple check everything I'm doing when I'm working with the croc monitors because. Any little accident could be a very seriously like life changing accident. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably a worse bite than a venomous snake in a lot of ways. Oh you know? yeah. I mean, it just was, yep. You know, it's just, it's just it it has the potential just for I don't know, especially depending on where you get bit. I mean, shoot, I don't even know. It's yeah, it scares me. I watch some videos. I see pictures of people 
out there that you know that, that do a lot of things with them, and I know they have experience and do things like that. But I don't know. I just having worked with one for a long time, and then years ago we got wild caught big ones in that I at that store we had some I don't know probably seven foot ones that were wild caught that just they those things I can remember. And I was a kid, like I was a teenager, like, and I can remember grabbing those things out and like you have like a physical feeling when you're touching that thing. Uh-huh, like it yeah. just makes it. And then, like, my one story about a clock monitor that I think is cool is it's cool and it's also scary is I grabbed one one time and it, its tail went around and whipped me in the eye. Oof. And oh. so, like, literally whipped me in the, There I am holding this lizard that was a wild-caught seven-foot ball of this all mouth. Like, yeah. And it, it was showing. But I couldn't see anymore. Like, my I, my eyes teared up and I was like, so I had to sit down with it because I was just like, I can't do anything <laughs> yep. right now. So, <laughs> yeah. I've I been incapacitated. Sit down and hold on and just wait till I can see again. Oh, and then uh, kind of go from there. You know, uh, you can't really hand it off at that point. Then you can't see and you can't whatever. So it's just one of those, you know, I don't know. I always remember that. I always keep in the back of my mind. And yeah. we've had, we have one that we, we've had, I got from Dan Maleri, um, I don't know, a few, three years ago, maybe. And it's a, nice, it's a nice animal, but he definitely, he was cool for a while. And then one day it was holding on to him. And I was just, and I, and I wouldn't handle him very often, but I, and I was looking at him, and I was like, you know, if he really wanted to get me, he could. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I just choked up. Like, I just took his tail, and I like, pulled back a little bit. And as I did, like, right as I did that, he, like, he reached over to, to bite my arm. Oof. And, like, right, like, almost like the hairs on my arm, he, like, missed with, and I was like, man, I was like, he was even being chill. It was just one of those things. He was just, I think he was just waiting for the right time, and luckily I saw it before he did. Uh-huh. And, you know. Uh, just, so then I was like, well, that's the last time I even give you an ounce of wiggle room, yeah. 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 Oof, give him an inch, they take a mile, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, and, but I mean, like, you can still go in there and work around him and do things like that. You know, it's not it's not bad. It just, I don't know, just he was definitely waiting for his, his moment. And so I was like, well, I'll, I'll remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Oof. Um, all right, so deviating just a little bit, I have to I have to talk about some Amazon tree boas because you have some yeah. freaking stellar red Amazons. So what uh, what drew you into Amazon tree boas originally? Um, so at that same pet store, I bought my first Amazon tree boas. So I I had bought my first Amazon tree boas in probably the ninth. Mm-hmm. Um, so I bought an orange um, wild caught male and a and a silvery female. Mm-hmm. I bred them probably like two years later and then produced a red baby out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just like really thought they were cool. And so I bred them every year for about 10 years at that point in time. And I just mm-hmm. keep pairs together and get them in. He's such a cool snake, you know? And yeah. um, there's guy, Rick Stanulis, I don't, he used to be in, I think he's in New York actually now. But uh, Rick Stanulis had these really nice red animals. And so I bought a red animal from him and bred those for a while um and i had a couple of generations of that and was doing making really 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 good stuff and then i did some drywall work around here and then something happened and i lost that collection oh Um, man so i think i screwed it up and or else then a few what a year ago i don't know my time frame so i didn't have them for a little bit then i just after that i was like oh bum me out a little bit and then (laughs) i was able to pick up this stellar male um, red Amazon from one of my friends in St. Louis, um, Mark Warner. And so 
that kind of made it so I was like, well, now I've got this thing. I've got to start trying to get some animals. To make yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Like, this thing's true. The, do anything else. the so, addiction, yeah. So now, now I'm back. So, um, <laughs> I don't know. I think he, I have a red female that uh, hopefully he'll be able to breed this year. Mm-hmm. How that goes. Um, and, you know, I don't know. I kind of think I'm just going to focus on just trying to find as many. Hey, I don't need a lot. But maybe just a couple of pair of really nice red animals or trying to make my own or whatever. But my... My goal is just to have a pair or two or something like that of just really good red animals and do it. And that red male I have is probably one of the nicest red males I've ever seen. I really, again, I think I, it was one of those things I just asked and said, do you have any babies? And he's like, I have this thing. And I was like, oh my God, how, what do I have to do to get that thing? <laughs> <laughs> and I was able to get it. And, and uh, so, yeah, so he's, he's smoking hot. Hell yeah. So you, so you know that it's ready to go this year and then I'm working on getting another female that I think will work with him as well. Nice. So you've got the focus on the, on the red stuff then. Yeah. So when I did it before I had a lot of yellow stuff and I had some bicolor stuff, Mm -hmm. um, which I really like that whole yellow and orange. Like I may, I have a male that's like that too. So I may, I may do that as well, but I'm kind of, my problem is, is that I like a lot of animals. Um, a lot of species. I have and that so same I've problem. Kind of, <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know, I I was like, the things in my life that I've always had, I've always had jungle carpets and I've always had Borneos. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the most, for a long time, I always had Amazon Tweedles, and then I took a little bit of a break of that. Um, and so I kind of, like over the last, I don't even know how many years, but I've kind of picked up a little bit of this, picked up a little bit of that. I've had a good collection of Womas. I've had a good collection, I have a good collection of ball pythons. I've got, you know, so I've got a few things. I bred some scrub pythons this year. I've, I have a lot of lyasis, and so it makes it so it's like I can't have a whole bunch of everything. So I, but I like the. I've tried to focus before, and I just don't have the. I don't know what the right word is, but like it's hard for me to focus because I like I, I see stuff and I'm like, man, that's cool. Yep. Or recently, I have a whole lot of you know, growing up in a pet store. There's a lot of stuff you just don't see anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like simple stuff. Like we were, ta- I was talking to a friend today. Like really nice, like black and white calcines. You just don't see them anymore. Like yeah, it was like a staple, or you know, or like Stenolones. You just don't see them anymore. And so I don't yeah. have either of those. But then I'm, you know, I kind of feel like I should put a little more effort in doing stuff like that. There's things you don't see anymore. Maybe go to get a pair or two of this. I always had this idea that I should make like vintage herps, like like make that my business name of some sort and like <laughs> go and find all the stuff that you don't see and you like because it's like it just can go away it's so simple but it just kind of goes away yeah um, it really is amazing how so when those those waves shift you know and things things yeah. fall out of favor and popularity like they they fall some species are just like they vanish and you're like huh remember when yeah. <laughs> well i find that like i have i've been bringing macros pythons and olive pythons for the last Four years or so, or whatever. But mm-hmm. um, you know, had those a long. I had Maclots a long time ago. You couldn't give them away. I mean, you, yeah. you could give them away, but it was they didn't sell very well. Now, I could make. I don't. You know, I wish I could make twice as many as I do because I. You know, I don't even advertise them. People just want them. They're they're great snakes. I love them. I, all the lace and stuff is so cool. But so I'm like, I try to put a little bit of effort into. I have multiple localities in Maclots that hopefully I'll be breeding this year. And um, hell yeah. You know, so I'm trying to like just stuff like that that I just think is it's neat and it's active and like I'm looking around my room now and the only thing the only things that I really see moving now are actually Amazon tree boas are moving and all pythons are looking out in Maclots. 
<laughs> there's a there's a sadu head looking at me too. But like other like those are the kind of things that I just think are so neat that like you know, now they're starting to get popular, but they've been cool snakes forever. Just people yeah. didn't pay attention to them for a long time. Now people can appreciate them. Yeah. Yes, it's nice. I mean it's like, you know, I think the ball python which I never understand all the way. There's always new people coming into the industry. Mm-hmm. So, like, how the trends work, I don't know that I understand how they work. Because <laughs> the new people shouldn't really be affected by the trends. They should just like whatever they see. But they definitely go along with whatever's happening. So, you know, I mean, I still make a good amount of ball pythons. I think they're great. Every time I try to send them out, I find some other cool morph that I have to keep and make more of. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, like, there's so much other neat stuff. I mean, there's just there's just so many. Like, I have Everglades rat snakes. I have you know, corn snakes, that stuff like that. You know, it's, there's just, there's so many neat snakes out there that people don't appreciate. And it's like, you know, if I should like one of these everglades, if I should, the thing's bright orange. Why doesn't everybody have one of those? Some mm, people yeah. don't care. They're like, they're not, the people don't even really care about them. So it's, somebody's got to, I figure I will. I think <laughs> that as social media is starting to expand and as people are kind of, uh, broadening their horizons, like they might've got one pet snake and then they join a couple Facebook groups and they start seeing some of the things that other people are into. I think that's really what is starting to impact the desire for a lot of those, uh, things that have fallen out of favor to come back into favor because like, uh, Honduran milk snakes used to be like everywhere. You could get a Hondo for 50 bucks or yep. you know, 75 bucks tops. Like that, that was tough. And then, uh, you know, as ball pythons gained in popularity, they kind of fell away. And then now there's like this resurgence of people who are interested in getting Hondurans and they're, they've skyrocketed in price. I've seen normal Hondurans for like $250. Yep. Like, and, and, you know, back in the day, if you saw one for two hundred dollars, you're like, okay, what's wrong with you? <laughs> like, yeah, <it's... laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I made hundred. I made albino hundreds. I have um, tangerine albinos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I posted one picture, and I got more messages about that pair of snakes. And I was like, oh, if I only have one pair, and I only made, I didn't make very many babies, but I was like, Crap. man, I was like, who knew? Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't, it was one yeah. of those things. Like, you just thought they were like they were the hottest thing. Yeah, and I think that that's what, just what people need is they need to be exposed to that something that they haven't seen before for mm-hmm. them to be able to appreciate it because like I get a lot of people who follow me who like keep a wide variety of different things but then after seeing me post and talk about my scrub pythons they're like I didn't realize that scrub pythons are so interesting and I'm like I've known it forever, but I, I, I'm glad that other people are starting to appreciate them. Like, I, it's a double-edged sword for me because I love scrub pythons a lot, and I have this huge amount of respect for them, and I think that they're the coolest things going. But I also understand that they're not for most people because they are big and really strong, and if you don't know what you're doing, you can get you know fairly hurt by them. Um, but I'm glad that more people are appreciating them just because they're getting exposed to seeing them from the ones that, at least that I'm working with. Mm-hmm. And I think that it just needs like, like you're saying with your Everglades rat, people just need to be, ex- they need to see it and see that, Oh, this is why you appreciate this thing. I think I can appreciate that too. And just that exposure can really get people on the ball and get the ball rolling as far as, you know, Everglades rat snakes are gorgeous. That that bright orange to them, there there is no reason why they shouldn't be as you know as popular as a lot of the other colubrids. Um, it's just that exposure. They need to get that exposure for them to really get their recognition. You know. Yeah. Uh, I agree, and I mean, I I was lucky enough to breed 
uh, scrub pythons this year too. So having babies is kind of like, which it's kind of weird. I have I have three babies here still, which they're all going, they're all sold. But like, like some are super nice right out of the egg, and yep. some are not. Yes, uh, <laughs> which is, like it's kind of weird. So like they're sitting here and like some you touch and actually the. The one that I, the one that left already was not nice all at all. Yeah. It's probably the prettiest of well, I don't know. I have one that might rival it now, but like, just yeah, they're super interesting snakes. I mean, I like I don't know. We talked about having stories. So if you want a story about scrub python, my scrub python, my female scrub python. Uh, one day I get a call from the local uh, animal control, and they're like, "There's this big brown snake in the backyard of this house," and so they they catch it for me. Um, I had a friend that worked over there, and somebody had, like, left their house, like, had abandoned their whole collection of just pets. It wasn't, like, that was the only snake that I know of. It must mm. have eaten a rabbit or a raccoon or, or a squirrel or something. Oh, man. So the thing had a heck of a belly on it, but it had gotten out of the cage somehow. It was in the backyard living in a wood pile. What? And so, <laughs> yeah, so, I, so this nine foot of fury. Oh, my um, God. Scrub. <laughs> Is I, I get it, and they're like, "We can, can we bring it to you, whatever else." And so, I had it, and I was just gonna. I, my original thought was like, I was just gonna rehome it. I was gonna find somewhere for it to go. Mm-hmm. And then I had it here, and I was like, I'd had cannon bars before, but I hadn't had any big scrubs. Yeah. But man, I had it like a. It's in a. Well, she's still a four by, like one of those forty-eight by twenty-eight by twenty-eight visions. And so it was just sitting in the top, and every time I'd walk in the room, it just would like look at me and kind of come down and check me out. Uh-huh. And, whatever, and I was like. And I was like, man. And then after about three days, I was like, well, this thing's not going anywhere now. And yep. so <laughs> I thought it was pretty cool. Luckily, I found a male not long after that. And then it took me, I don't know, I probably had them for like six years before I bred them. But, um, but just su- they're super interesting snakes. Now, they've got the longest strike range of anything I think I know yep, of. Yep, like, and they'll use every inch got, of it. <laughs> it's, they are no joke as far as like when they want to, when, they, when they're ready to get you. Or, I mean, they're just so, they can be so chill and then they can, like, if they're ready, you just got to be careful. Yep. Yeah, but especially at nighttime. Awesome <laughs> yeah, super, super, and a little bit. I mean, that female, I had one, I had, she was like in a cage that was like, the bottom of the cage was probably like chest high to me. Yeah. And I opened up the cage one day and she, in what seemed like a split second, her, her nose was on my chest. Shit. Like, Oof. and. She didn't try to bite me. She just came out and just checked me out. But it was one of those things that I was like, "Whoa!" What? Like I didn't like. There wasn't even enough time to react. I guess I wasn't paying attention, or like thank goodness wasn't. You know, it's, I would probably act differently if it was something venomous. But I was just kind of like, I'm just looking. But yeah. it's like, man, it was the amount the amount of speed that it had to get to where it was, and then kind of just rear back. Like it's amazing. Like it's it, it's a it is one of those snakes that are super cool. I wouldn't want a lot of them. Like I have a pair of. I have a pair of Halmaharas and I have a and I have some uh, Marakis, but like I wouldn't want a ton of them, I don't think. But a few pairs, pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, dude. I every every time that I interact with them, I I notice something different with how they move and how they interact with you, and and every single one of them is different, and I just find that so fascinating because like after working with you know thousands of different snakes. To find something that is different every time you take it out and and is very, I don't want to say they're reactive, um, but something that's very in tune with what you're doing, like they're reading you as you're reading them. I find that super interesting, uh, and it, it always keeps me interested in them. 
Yeah, and I kind of think, like, I always think about these different things. I'm like, I kind of feel like somebody needs to get a big scrub pipe on and keep that for a few years and not get bit by it ever before they ever get a coke. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, for real. If you can deal with, like, how to move that thing around, you can deal with a king cobra. Yes. Like, just having dealt with both of them kind of thing. Because they both move, like, cobras are a little, they're definitely smarter, although scrubs are smart, but I, cobras are on a different level. Mm. But, like, like, it's just kind of like some of the movements are, like, king cobras are a little bit more agile, I'd say, whereas scrubs are a little bit more, I don't know, it's kind of hard to, to make the difference. They, they just move differently, you know. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, they, but I kind of feel like if you can if you can put the effort in and have one of those things and not get tagged by it, that should be like your segue. Mm. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And and not a friendly one either because I've got, <laughs> I got a couple that are like really great, but the, the, working with a big angry scrub is definitely a formidable force. And like when you get bit by those things, they you remember it. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm lucky, man. I haven't been bit by anything real, real big. I just smaller scrubs. <laughs> yeah, my that big female, she's got me twice in her lifetime. But those Oof. are things you don't remember. You don't forget those. And both of those, she's in the back of the cage and just like, I, th- I mean, I think they have like a. I would say she probably has like a four to five foot strike range. Oh yeah, easy. Like it's crazy. Yep. Yeah, my uh, my Highland scrub python at nighttime. If you do anything inside of her enclosure at nighttime, she is using every bit of her three foot strike range. Like even when I'm like, okay, I'm right on the edge of it, she's not gonna get me. She's come real like touched the hair on my arm before, Oof. and I was like, I thought I was out of range right there. <laughs> it's kind of what makes them cool too. I mean, yes. you know, as long as, you know, it's a, it's a neat factor factor in, in keeping them too. Yeah. Yeah, I like sure. stuff that's spicy. You know, like it's nice to have stuff that keeps you on your toes because, you know, you you don't get complacent. And, I mean, it's nice. It's nice to have some things that are nice, like you know, having Borneos and having ball pythons and corn snakes and stuff like that. Those things are all, you know, they're I don't want to say mindless, but they're a lot easier to deal with than yeah. something like those arboreal tree rockets you got to worry about. Uh-huh. <laughs> tree rockets. <laughs> I, I like that. Ugh. I like that. Tree rockets and meat missiles. Soon we will have T-shirts. Terrible names for <laughs> multiple species. <laughs> oh, perfect. Yes. And dude, I want to say first off, super congratulations on the scrubs because I, you know, scrubs are not the easiest things to breed, and it does take a lot of effort to produce those. And you produce some Maroki, the southern scrubs, this year, and oh, then yeah. the Borneo clutch that you produced this year. Holy moly! I am like geeked. <laughs> Yeah, I would, I would tell you that that was my most that was my most exciting clutch to open up for myself. You know, yes. When I when I opened those things up, because I think I told you the story on on text, but like I had four years ago, I had three clutches of Borneos, and I was like, it's kind of I don't know. It, for me, it was like I was like that's too many to have, so I sold all of the adults. Yeah. And I just kept the best pair. And so I was, and the male that I have is just fantastic. Like mm-hmm. he, the female is really good too. She has a nice orange head. The male I have is like he's like the epitome of like the perfect animal. Um, oh yeah. And so like these babies, they might they're better than him. I think. I mean, it's oh, just wow. kind of crazy. Oof. Yeah, the babies are. Just, I don't know. I need to get them get them going. But I'd say I did feeding trials, and about half of them have eaten um but they're only like a month old so they're not really that old but yeah just it's crazy to see what it's crazy to to think of what's going to happen to these things because 
they're all very marbly, and there's a lot of striping, and there's a lot of, like, aberrant patterns to them. So there's some good orange heads in there, too. It's going to be going to be super cool to see what comes out of those. And I've got a – I already I picked one female out, and I was like, I'm not going to keep so many. Maybe one pair I'll keep, and then I'm going to let the rest go. But I'm going to kind of wait and see what happens with them, I think. Um, yeah. I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens. You're a but, man no, they're, they're super nice. Yeah, I was looking at those and I was like, I would keep that one and that one and that one and that one. <laughs> the parents are so nice. They've yeah. got these like bright, like peachy orange heads and like these nice, nice striping and the speckling on the marbling on the sides. I was just like, those two animals are going to make some incredible offspring. And you know what? They did. They made some really, really cool stuff. Hell yeah. 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 Some of these orange heads, like some of, them, some of the orange heads with the, I don't know, they're going to be crazy. Mm-hmm. They're, gonna, they're gonna be crazy. So yeah, I can't. I kind of feel like I'm gonna get another meal into them or two, maybe, and then I'll probably start taking pictures. It'd be nice if they shed sooner, you know. Nope. But <laughs> you gotta wait. I hatched out some in May, and they haven't had their first sheds yet. I know it's such a pain. Like, I mean, they still look good, but it'd be nice to get like that fresh. Like, I don't know. That's that's. I don't know if it's a bad thing or it's nice that they eat. So yes, I can't complain about that too much. But yeah, it is kind of one of those things. It's like. You would if they would just shed so I could get good pictures and <laughs> figure out what to do. Yeah, for sure. And so you're just you're only planning on keeping a pair back from that. Yeah, because again, it's one of those things. I don't. I don't know. Is that a good idea? Maybe should I keep more? But probably no. Probably just a pair. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'll probably unless I go through and I'm just like it's amazing. I know Matt Minicola said he he picked one out like right off the bat, and so the male that. For, the male that produced my pair was one that I got from him and he's a super good friend. So he can have whatever he wants kind of thing, you know, whatever, whatever he picks out, I guess as long as it's not the one that I picked out. But I don't (laughs) think it is. Um, So, I mean, other than that, yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's all I'm going to worry about is probably just pick out a pair. I really like the striping stuff on them. So I'll probably pick out the, the female that I picked out has a lot of striping and some good marbling. And so we'll kind of go from there. It's, It's just the, the genetics on those things are so interesting to me. So I took just like the original parents, the grandparents had no, there was not a marbled anything in any of it. Um, it was a super stripe. It was a, a matte super stripe um, bred to the parents to that one were bred to a Keith McPeak uh, ghost stripe line animal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, but the stuff from Keith, the red, the head, that's where the orange head comes from, is that stuff from Keith. So that mom, that grandmother was like, she had a red head. Hell she yeah. Was, she was stripy and she had a really nice red head. So it was just, a, it was pretty much just the perfect pairing, I think. I agree. Because, um, like, I bred that same male to a ghost female and got all ghost looking animals. And then I bred him to a, it was like an 18 year old female that I'd gotten from Tracy, just a straight Borneo that. And they almost came out all normal. So, like, they had some striping. But it's so weird how Borneo genetics are so interesting. Yeah, so yeah, variable. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, you never know what you're going to get. Obviously, with these, everything has marble in it. So, this marble to marble is is going to make it, you know, so at least that way you, you know you're going to get what you're going to get. But um, it's just so interesting to breed that stuff because it makes it, you know, it's not predictable. It's kind of like you got to wait and see, which is exciting. It's like the Amazons where you're like, okay, I kind of know what I'm going to produce, but then every now and again you're like, what the heck is that thing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think, you know, for me, I've gotten really lucky with Amazons. I had a yellow pair that I bred a pair of yellows and all the babies would come out yellow. 
And then when I had That's when nice. I had that original Rick Stanulis red male, uh, actually it was red female. Everything I bred, no matter I used an orange male to her, and when I did, I got like eighty percent were red and two were orange. Wow! And 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 one garden. So like these red ones, man. If you get the right red ones, which I'm hoping these are like that, it, it was like it was almost like it was dominant. It took over. Um, That's which I, know I like that. Talking about that. <laughs> yeah, so I'm hoping to find out. I know somebody, maybe Abby, maybe so. Maybe I saw somebody on the internet saying that they were. They were putting together something like that, and that part of the reds had some dominance to them, which I was like, I really hope that's the case because that's one of those things that I'd have, like, I could see myself hoarding some of those. Yeah. Like, not that yeah. I want, not that I needed so many, but I could, like, I don't know. There's, you can hoard everything. That's the problem. <laughs> that's my problem. That's why I try not to do it. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a pair or two kind of guy. Like, I like a pair or two of this and a pair or two of that, and I'm like, you know, that way I have a backup if need be or I can have multiple bloodlines and not have too many because I definitely can have issues. Mm-hmm. I, I, know. Keep too much stuff. I know that feeling oh so well. <laughs> I, I've i never been guys, able... You guys are in the same boat as me because it's like I work with animals all day and then I come home and work with them again at night. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. So it's like yep. you guys and, are the same way. Yeah, and I am I am in the same boat as you where I I like too much to to not work with to to not work with it. So I think I I've probably got uh maybe like 120 animals or so, but probably like 15 or 16 different species. Yeah, a lot of species. You know, <laughs> and uh and I I've, I've now come to a come to an understanding with myself that I can't fit anything else in that room right now <laughs> that's what i was gonna say how uh but i mean are you can you really do that I, I i think i think i did i didn't think it was possible but given the limitations of my room i i think i did um but but it has forced me to start looking at those few species i have a lot of yeah and i'm like i don't need that <laughs> i could make yeah, space that, for my... this that i really like <laughs> well, I'm, at that, I'm at that same place with you where I'm like I really don't know that I could fit anymore I do have two empty cages in here but um, yeah. I actually have three open around but they have a, they have something that's going to move into them but exactly you know, at the point where it's like I need, to be, I need to be careful with what I do so I'm not as good about that as I should be but <laughs> I, uh, I do yeah. my best yeah, I'm like, I'm like, oh, empty bin. Oh no, no, no! It's already got. Sorry, somebody's already going in there. It's just not happening today. And something's <laughs> going in there. <laughs> well, well and that's why I have a cage open because I have one Madagascar ground ball, a mm-hmm. male, and I'm like, I've got to keep something open because if a girl comes up, I've got to be able to put her somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, they sure. are not the easiest thing in the world to come by. So true. Not at all. I know you guys. I know you guys made some, but you guys aren't selling any, probably, are you? I I'm not sure because uh, every time that I assume that Kevin's not going to sell something, he's like, put it up for sale. And then the things that I'm like, oh, we're definitely going to sell that. He's like, are you crazy? We're keeping that. And I'm yeah. like, okay, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Until he tells me that it's for sale or he tells me it's not for sale. I don't make any assumptions anymore. <laughs> but we did produce a, a pair. Like everybody else. Yeah, we, we did produce a pair this year. So, um, we've got the adults and then the offspring that we produce, one male, one female. So there's no way he's selling a lone girl unless he's on both. So. I don't know. I honestly don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. Because it wouldn't surprise me if he sold both of them. 
Yeah, because I mean, we have wow. two, we have the adults. Two point two. Yeah, or something. Yeah. I don't know. I don't All know. Right, well. We'll keep you we'll keep you in mind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you you've got a couple kids and they have shown you know a little bit of an interest in the reptiles. Do you say do you see any like future us in them? Do you like do you see any them turning into like reptile keepers and down the road, or do you think that they might go off in their own direction? Um, you know, my daughter likes to do like she likes to do whatever she can do with me, kind of thing. So, like, mm-hmm. we had eggs pipping today, so I bring them out there. She always gets to look at everything. I try to make sure she's involved whenever I'm pulling any eggs or pulling whatever else, just so she gets to see it. Um, she likes it, but she kind of, like, gets over it, whereas, I mean, my son is 16 months old, so he, I don't know that he could tell you exactly what he wants, but, yeah. man, if you go somewhere and there's a turtle, he's going to see that turtle. He wants to touch that <laughs> turtle. Like, that, he is all about, like, I was, I don't know, we were talking about that this weekend. We went to a place and there were some turtles, and he was just, like, Enamored. And we have some redwood tortoises outside. He he just loves that kind of stuff. He, he's a little bit rough. I've tried to get him to do some snake stuff, but he's a little bit too rough. So, yeah, being um, so young, yeah. Because he's, well, you, you can't tell him. You can, well, you can. So you're not going to listen. Um, <laughs> you know, so you, you can't really tell him to do so much. Um, so he, he likes, if I come back here, he's always like trying to get in the door. Um, and he likes to come look around and he likes to look around. So, I kind of feel like if anybody's going to do anything, it would be him. Plus, he's also fearless. I know he's a little boy, and he's, you know, he's little. But, like, my daughter is kind of, I don't know, I don't know but she's, she's cautious about most things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I don't know that she would jump into things. Like, she'd come back here and do whatever it is as long as everything was, like, safe. Yeah. Um, you know, whereas I think, he, like, I think I'll have to, I've started buying animal plastics cages with the locks and kind of switch <laughs> over some of my stuff to that because I worry about as he gets older, he's going to be like, oh, let me just see what the heck's over here, what's over here. Yeah, I think yeah. he's just going to be kind of balled to the wall as far as things go, which I could – like the way he is, I wouldn't be surprised. Like if he sees if he sees a dog, he grunts at it. If he sees an animal on TV or anything else, he like growls at it. Like he has – like he interacts with any animal he sees. Yeah. So he, he definitely is – he intrigues me to see what he'll end up being. Hell yeah. Yeah. So far, he's just a wrecking ball. He's, <laughs> he's a child. <laughs> he, is, he is all boy, and he is – I don't know. I feel like all we do is just try to make sure he doesn't get hurt. He's just going to be into everything. He's going to lead with his head, and he's just going full force wherever he can. He's adorable, but boy, is he is. He, he's, he's determined. <laughs> It's a it's a good trait. It just needs to get uh, reeled in <laughs> and maintained yeah. appropriately. <laughs> yeah. Well, as soon as he gets to the point where he like you know, I mean, he's at the point now where you can tell him to do whatever, and he listens somewhat. But he's you know he's not old. Like as he gets a little bit older, it'll be interesting to see how he develops. Yeah. Yeah. He is. He, is, he really has no fear. He's, it's, it's 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 nice, but it's. I feel like all we do is just try to make sure he doesn't get hurt. <laughs> uh well boys will be boys that's for sure i do i oh, there's there's definitely there's definitely gender differences in this house as far as those two <laughs> everybody we talk to it's it's like it's crazy she's so like i don't know she's she's just so much easier than he is as far as that kind of thing goes yeah yeah dude if if 
I don't really have plans on having kids, but I could see that being like my the thing that stresses me out the most is just the idea of them going into the reptile room and opening something up. Because <laughs> yeah. like scrub yeah. pythons, blood pythons, short tail pythons, and I eventually do want to work with venomous, and I just I, that would just like keep me up at night just thinking about that. I mean, I have like a lock on the door and be like, nope, you're not in there unless I'm in there. Yeah. Well, yeah, we have two, like, in our house, the snakes are in the back, so she's got to go, you'd have to go through two doors to get here, and there's the lock on the door here, and then as you get in here, I have racks and stuff. I have racks on the bottom and cages on the top. Yeah. Um, for the most part, and so, but the cages have locks, and, you know, just try to make it so it's as, you know, they can't get in here, they really can't get in here unless you, you let them back here. You're in there, yeah. But I will say, you know, I waited till I was 40 to have a child, which I think was, you know, it was one of the things where I was like, this is crazy, but it actually kind of worked out, and I, I wouldn't trade it as far as anything goes. It's definitely, if, if you do have some, you'll like it. They'll change your world, but you'll like it. Yeah. I see. I love being around kids. I love teaching kids. And like, that's one of the things that's definitely helped me in doing education um, and doing programs and stuff is that I love how uh, interested kids can be when it comes to reptiles and animals. And like almost every kid is like fascinated in some way with turtles. Like, I don't know what it is about turtles, but it just draws the children's attention. (laughs) And, um, and so I, always love doing programs because if I can get kids interested in reptiles, that means that they're not going to want to hurt them. If they see someone hurting them or, or, you know, someone being mean to a reptile, they're going to stop that person. And that's better for everybody. It's better for the animal and it's better for everyone else too. And that is definitely something that people have always been like, Rob, you got to have kids because you'd be a great dad. And I'm like, yeah, I would be a great dad, but I'm also very scared of the world right now. So I'm not, not trying to have, you know, Oh, it's just, it stresses me out thinking about it. <laughs> so, so a, fr- a friend of mine once told me, because I was at a point in my life where I was like, I'm not going to have kids. The world doesn't need you more. Yeah. And he's like, if the good people don't breed, who's going to offset the bad ones? Yeah. That's true. That's true. true. Yeah. But, but you know, also, you know, kids are great because they're not, you know, they're not born theophoral snakes. People teach them that, you know. Yep. So all this stuff that, you know, it's all a learned behavior. So. You know, if you can teach them when they're little, you know, I mean, with it, to like some of this stuff or just to appreciate, they don't have to like it, just appreciate it or understand it and not be, you know, really nobody has to love the stuff. As long as they just understand that it has a role yes, and that it's, you know, that it's, that it's, it's an active part of the ecosystem and it's something interesting and another living being, you have to understand how they work. And, you know, I don't know, I always try to talk to people, you know, like you put a live rat in a cage and the snake doesn't want to eat, the rat eats it. It's like. They're not malicious. They're not just going to go kill stuff to kill stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, you know, they do it because they have to, not so much because they want to, because a lot of these, there's plenty of snakes out there that have gotten bitten by things that, you know, if they were smarter and if they were, I don't want to say smarter, but if they were, if they'd be like, you know. For my survival, I should probably kill this thing. (laughs) It's going to kill me otherwise. Yeah. They're, they're, you know, in nature, they just would leave. Yes. Yeah. And we put them in a box and they can't leave. Yeah. And then the rat, the rat wins those things. So, you know, they're, they're not these monsters that people make them out to be. It's just they're, and so that's, that's I mean, what you're doing too. It's what I do every day. You know, our our, our job is to try to teach people that, you know, these animals are, are here for a reason that, you know, that's why I always just try to say, don't, you don't have to love them, but just understand them and just realize that they have a purpose. And, yeah. Yeah. you know, they're not out to get you. None of them are out to get you. 
Yes, 100%. Like, my dad is from the Caribbean, and so a lot of the people who live on his island are very afraid of snakes, even though the island that he comes from, Dominica, it does not have any native venomous snakes. They, they All the snakes that live on that island are non-venomous, to my knowledge. Um, and uh, he's terrified of snakes. He's been terrified of snakes his whole life, and he didn't come to the United States until he was about 20 years old. And to this day, he's never willingly touched a snake. Like, the other day, he came up and visited me at Nerd, and I had just come back from doing a five-year-old's birthday party. So I was, like, bringing snakes in and, and bringing some reptiles and putting them back into their enclosures and stuff. And I had brought a, like, maybe 10 or 12-foot-long reticulated python, one of the cow retics that's, mm-hmm. like, just gorgeous. Right. And she's super laid back. The one, one of the ones we had brought to Tinley last year. And uh, I took her out of her the, the bin I'd brought her in and start feeding her back into her enclosure. And my dad is like, oh, my God, that thing's huge. How can you do that? He's, like, standing on the other side of the room. He's like, no, that's too big. And I was like, this one isn't even big, Dad. What are you doing? And so I, like, took out one that was, like, probably, like, 16 or 17 feet long. And he's like, it's the size of a telephone pole. What are you doing? It's good. <laughs> and he's, like, freaking out. And I'm like, Dad, you know that I work with these every day right and like i'm still alive so they're not that bad he's like you know i understand that but i just can't get over like i just been raised to not be cool with them so i'm not cool with them you should have brought them over here no no <laughs> seen the 20 big, footers yeah the 20 footers no nah even those those ones make me nervous man yeah they're, they're too big <laughs> yeah no i know i yeah trust, we had trust me i know <laughs> we had a like a 19 foot retic that was, it's just, you can't even control those things all the way. So you get somebody around that's not comfortable. Yeah. I mean, not good. <laughs> you gotta be careful. With those things. But yeah, like, yeah. On, on a similar note, my parents have never been to the, re- since we've renovated the restaurant building, my parents have never gone to it to see it. Yeah. So it's mm. not their thing. You know? So, you know, they, I don't even, I don't even know if they've been in my snake room. Like I don't even like, they may have, but <laughs> yeah. they were over here for birthdays. They were over a birthday party and I brought one of my, nephews in here and he like was in here for about 35 seconds and he was gone so like nobody wow. had a desire to come look yeah my yeah. older brother did he, he looked longer than his son but like yeah they just you know some people have it some people don't i always just think it's weird because i had a ton i wasn't allowed to have snakes until i was until i made actually until i made money here breathing here to dragons so i had lizards for the first few years after i convinced her to let me have those yeah yeah and then my first snakes were carpet pythons and so Huh. But I, uh, it was I was I was breeding bearded dragons. I was like, look, mom, I can make money on this kind of thing. I can do whatever else, and that was the only way that I actually got her convinced her to let me get snakes. And so mm. by the time I moved out, I had a pair of I had a trio of coastal carpets and a pair of green tree pythons, and that was damn. What a way to know, kick it off! And, <laughs> yeah, those were my first snakes, and so that you know. But she was like, she could have cared less about those things. The only thing I ever had that she really liked was I had Chinese water dragons as a kid. She loved those. Mm. but everything else she could have cared less about and monitors i had like savannah and i had a black roughneck she those things could go away and she every to this day if i put a picture up of a monitor she'll be like i don't like those See, my mom always kept tarantulas, and uh, she's always been into the reptiles and stuff. That's cool. So when uh, when my nephew started showing an interest, like uh, he's just turning, like he's just like six uh, years old now, and he when my mom brought him up to visit, he's like, I want to hold everything. I gotta touch it. I gotta. <laughs> my mom's like, Oh my god, he reminds me of you when you were that age. <laughs> That's and, all. 
Yeah, but my mom loves it, and she's she's always had tarantulas like the entire time growing up. Even before I was born, she had pet tarantulas, and so um, she still loves. She's actually got my first pet snake that I ever got was a ball python, and I've had him for seventeen years now, right around seventeen or eighteen years. And uh, when I moved out, she was like, "Are you taking all the snakes?" And I was like, "What do you mean?" And she's like, "I kind of want to keep Monty, I, like, because we used to use him for educational programs." And she just was like. He likes being, you know, around the house. And I was like, that's fine if you want to keep him. So she's still got my first ball python, and she loves him. And so my nephew gets to that's hang awesome. out with him and uh, get some reptile time when he's not hanging out with Uncle Rob. So mm-hmm. I, I appreciate that. And it's just like, it's cool to see, you know, how he's so into it and then me and then my mom. But my dad is like, nope, nope no, thank you. Yeah. I am so not into that. <laughs> Oh, it's too That's funny. Awesome that your mom's into all that stuff. Oh yeah, dude. She's she's hardcore. She dude, you want to hear a crazy story? So 2013, no, 20 2009. I went to the Daytona Beach Reptile Expo. Mm. Um and I convinced a bunch of my friends to come down with me and my mom came down too and she like helped us book the hotels and everything because we were like 20 years old or something like that. <laughs> and uh so while we're at the expo, my mom comes up to me and she's like they have salmon pink bird eaters here. And I was like, what? And she's like, you know, like I've been looking for a bird eater, like not the Theraphosa bird eaters. I want a pink, the salmon pink bird eaters and they've got them here and they're not expensive. And I was like, yeah, but we flew here. So like, we can't do that. We're not, I don't know how to, sh- I've not shipped the tarantula at that. Actually, I might've shipped tarantulas at that time. I was like, I could probably ship it, but like, it's not practical right now. Why don't we just yeah. buy one when we get back? And she's like, I don't, I don't know. And then she went away for an hour and came back with a little vial. And she's like, I bought one. And I was like, how are we going to get this home? What are you doing? Like you, you, we have to go through airport security. She's like, I'm just going to put it in my bra and it'll be fine. And I was like, you're not going to do that. Like that's not going to get through airport security. And she's like, oh yeah, want to bet? No joke. She put it in like a smaller vial put it right in her bra, got right through airport security and got it all the way back to Boston. I was like, are you kidding me right now? That's so wild. Yeah. That's in 2009. That's like after 9-11 when they were doing all the security checks and shit. Uh, but she's like, she looks like an innocent old woman. Like, so, cause she's got gray hair now. Like she's got gray hair. So like, they never would have suspected her of doing anything. And if she found it, she's like, I would have told them that I just found it on the floor. <laughs> she's so crazy. I love it. Uh. Your mom's like a real life wizard thing. She she yeah, <laughs> she's yes. she is like she's all about it, and so I don't know. That's that's definitely where I get it from, though. It's straight from her. Yeah, <laughs> it's no question because it's not my dad. <laughs> I, I just wonder about buying animals just to have them so they get to see them. Yeah, you know, I've thought about getting some scorpions or some some spiders just to have them so the kids just see them. So it's not something that's novel. Yeah, just you know. You know, again, it's one of those things. That, do you need all that stuff? But I don't know. Those those are the kind of thoughts that go through. Like, how can we, you know, what can we do to make it so they're exposed to as much stuff as possible? Yes. They get yeah. to go to the zoo, and they get to go. We we just went on vacation, and they they got to go to an aquarium and see things. We stopped by. I have a friend that has a little the Outer Banks lizard land down and on the way down there. So we stopped and looked at some lizards down there, and after he got to see, my son got to see some tortoises. They got to run around, but like try to do as much of that as possible just so they're exposed to things so it's not so new and crazy yeah yeah for sure my um my folks when i was growing up uh 
were were very similar to yours. Like I had lizards first, mm-hmm. and then I had to like convince same um, convince them to get the snakes, and was like, well, you know, what? All right, fine, I'll do the little book report or whatever you yep. need me to do. You That's know, what I had to do um, right, but. Uh, you know, my my mom, I, I remember, I think it was like when I moved up here, uh, my mom was like, you know, Jeremy's all moved up, whatever. It's weird that the house is empty, but the weirdest part is not having a hundred snakes <laughs> <laughs> in the spare room anymore. Yep. You know, and she's like, I kind of miss that. And uh, I was down there visiting and they, she still has my uh, my red foot tortoise. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. And uh, yeah, and she's like. It's all I have. Because <laughs> <laughs> when, when, like, when I was really, like, when I had all my stuff there, like, she used to help me come in and, like, take care of the carpet. She loved carpets. So she loved carpet pythons. So whenever I was cleaning the carpet pythons, she would be like, do you need help with the carpets? And, like, she'd just, like, be like, yeah, here, hold this this seven-and-a-half-foot coastal carpet python. She's like, wee! Like, take it into the other room. And she, she loved it. And, uh... I think the only time she was ever really mad at me for bringing a snake in the house is when I snuck that big berm into the house. It was like a 16-foot berm. It was like, she's like, what the hell is this? I'm like, it's a snake. I wouldn't have survived if I did it's, that. It's fine. It's my a snake. My dad would have killed me. Yeah, my, my, dad, my dad never really minded until uh until the topic of how many animals i had mm. came up and then he was like there's too many yeah. and, and i'm like that's fine though it's fine. you don't even do anything <laughs> yeah, you don't with have them. to take it's care of them fine. it's okay it's fine but you have you have too many you don't go outside i'm like <laughs> yeah. i don't need to go outside you need to go outside <laughs> i have all these things that were outside are inside now i'm okay <laughs> oh man that's funny uh, like- some kids that video games, you had snakes. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I transitioned right from Pokemon to real Pokemon. Yeah, so. <laughs> you gotta collect them all. Collect them all, that's yeah, gotta right. gotta catch them all. That's yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This just becomes a way of life, you know I mean? And that's, you know, and, and I don't know if it's this way, but like all of my friends, well, not all, but like 90% of my friends in life and career and whatever else have come from my reptile hobby. Yep. You know, from like my most of my best friends are from when I worked at a pet store. You know, my job came from working at a pet store. It's like, like all of those things is just whatever you have. You know, I mean, life changes as you have kids. You get new friends. You get new things. Which, you know, I have a lot of cool new friends that I've met because of that. But mm. you know, my oldest friends and oldest like the way of how just life goes is all due to being involved in reptiles. So, you know, it's it's got so many good avenues that come from it. Yeah, um, that aren't weird you know for yeah sure. for sure so I, I, I still have friends i'll see stuff especially on facebook they'll be like because i get to identify every wild snake all <laughs> summer long in spring and fall oh yeah, yeah. always um, yeah my you know my phone is going off every day whatever else and some of my friends are like you're that weird snake and i'm like hey i'm just you know whatever else you know as long as you're not killing them, i don't care you call me whatever you want and then i'll be like well uh, you know i try to do this educate you and whatever else and they actually 20 years later start start to appreciate it yeah yeah sure and i it's funny to me because i've filtered my facebook friends so much that like and most of my friends have come from the reptile hobby it's weird to me because like some of my friends they're like i hate it whenever i post a picture of my snake i get a bunch of people who comment about how gross it is and you should burn your house down and blah 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 and all this that and the other thing yeah and i'm like i don't think i've ever gotten one of those because if anyone i don't think 
I would even add someone who would say that. Like, I don't have friends outside of, of it's very few people that are in my like bubble that aren't reptile people. Yeah, and and the good thing about it too, like I always think about, like for me, the people that I looked up to the most when I was a teenager and early twenties and going to Orlando and whatever else, like the Keith McPeaks and the Craig Trumbauers of the world, whatever mm-hmm. else, like are now my friends. You know, it's yeah. like yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I spent all of it, like I could, like Keith especially, when I was a, I don't know, I was probably nineteen. I would just gawk at everything, and everything because he always had Marble Borneos and he had Tanzania yep. and he had else. I would just like. I don't know. I probably bothered the crap out of him. At least that's all I did. And then as we got older, I talked to him more and more. And like, you know, we text regularly. And our we have actually his daughter and my his daughter has a daughter that was born on the same day as my son. And so oh, wow. his daughter and my wife have become friends on you know through Facebook and through whatever else. It's just you know it's it's kind of awesome. These people that were your idols and uh, they're probably still my idol a little bit, but um, <laughs> you know, become your friend. You know, it's like it's amazing to be able to have that which i don't know that there's many other things you do that like the two you look up to so much become like your peer and they might even ask you a question yeah so that's yeah, the great yeah, part yeah. you know now now keith might be like hey do you have an idea about this and i'm like you're asking me right like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh and that that is definitely something that i like i love about this hobby is that you can you can get there you can get to that point where you know i i definitely looked up to to keith i look up to you know kevin i looked up to kara and now you know i consider these people like not i don't want to say they're my peers because i feel like i'm still like hey i'm just this weird reptile kid but like you know i talk to them on a regular basis and we're friends and so if you had told me that you know like 15 years ago that that would be the case i probably wouldn't have believed you would have been like nope those guys are they're doing it they're doing the reptile thing and like really crushing it and i'm not i'm not that person um but it's just been very humbling to be able to you know consider keith a a friend and uh and kara and kevin and like some of the other people that I've, i've met through the hobby and it's just it's very you know, it's, it's not many other avenues. Like you were saying, there's not a lot of other avenues of your life that that can happen. Like I love Scarlett Johansson movies. I'm not meeting Scarlett Johansson. I've settled. I've accepted that fact. <laughs> it's not happening. And I don't want to talk about it anymore. Yeah. It's okay, Rob. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, yeah. And then you also get to, you also get to the point where like, I have a, I have a good friend that has a pet store here that, you know, at this point in time, I have like, I hate to say it, but like, I guess I was somewhat of that person for him, you know? And so like he sent me a message before him and like, you know, um, it's so crazy that we're friends now and we hang out. Like I never would have thought that 15 years ago or whatever else. And it's like, so like, I don't know. I, I would never would have thought that I, I influenced him in the same way that those people influenced me. Yeah. And so it's kind of, it's cool to be able to be that person, you know? Hell yeah, yeah, for sure. I was just talking to somebody, uh, somebody last night who had they reached out to me on Instagram and, They've been a, a follower of mine since like J&D. the old days, of like J and D. And um, he messaged me on Instagram, and what he wanted to talk about, I would have much rather discussed on the phone. So I was like, "Call me." Yeah. You know, here's my number. Call me, whatever. And uh, he called me, and he's like, "Dude, I honestly can't believe we're actually talking, talking on the phone, phone right now." <laughs> and I was like, "I was like, hey man, we're, we're reptile people. Yeah, we're reptile like, people. It doesn't matter. We all like the same shit. But like that." That is never, because when I used to do YouTube, I used to get that 
at shows, people yes. would come up to me and be like, oh my God, I love your YouTube, and blah, 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 I can't believe I'm meeting you. And that has never felt normal no, to it's, me. It still like, feels weird ever, to me. Yeah. Ever, ever, ever. Um, yeah, but uh, I think it, it's funny because I'm listening to you guys talk about the circle of friends mm-hmm. and everything, and over the years, especially as I've grown my musician friends, I never would have thought that anybody would have been like, oh, I have I see your reptile stuff all the time. And I literally, like, I take my mask off for one second and there, and am literally hit with, you're the guy that you work with, Kevin. I, gah, what? Why are you here? And I'm like, I'm also the trumpet player. <laughs> uh, and that that is, that's probably been one of the coolest things for me is, like, having moments where, both of what I do actually combine yeah, and collide with yeah. each other. Um, like I've been asked in the past to like write music for other podcasts that used to be, exist years ago that don't really exist much now. And like, but that was always the coolest thing. I was like, Ooh, I get to Reptiles both things. Yes. Music, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I can do it. <laughs> you know, but that's always been really cool for me. But uh, every once in a while I'll get somebody uh, as a musician that sees me post something about a snake, they're like, bah, what, what is that? Why is this on my timeline? Or I'll get recognized at trade musician trade shows. And they're like, you're the guy that posts all the damn snakes. My, (laughs) my newsfeed was normal until I accepted your friend request. Yeah. Yeah, My sister-in-law was like, one time I put a picture, I put a video up of a scrub eating or something like that. And she, she texted me and was like, I just unfollowed you. I just want you to know that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, All right. So we are actually winding down towards the end of our time here. But uh, at the end of each of these episodes, we usually like to ask our guests one final kind of like wrap-up question. And that being, uh, what in the realm of reptiles, be it something in your collection, uh, something that you've seen on social media, or you know, anywhere in the realm of reptiles, what has got you excited about reptiles? Oh, man. What a question that is. I know. <laughs> You know, it, the the thing for me that gets me excited about reptiles is, I'm telling you, like, every day there's something new that I'm like, should I get one of those? <laughs> like, 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 like today, like, the, and it's weird, I have this collection of all these amazing Indo-Australian pythons, and I have some, you know, and then I have some corn snakes, and I have everybody's rat snakes. And then today I'm like, you know, I haven't seen a really nice black and white falcon in a long time, like a striped one. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, so I started looking, and then I'm like, ooh, I kind of found that. I even, like, posted the thing on a colubrid crazy thing, and I was like, and then people sent me pictures, and I was like, man, that was exciting. And I'm like, I used to buy those for, like, $22. Yeah, you know, as yeah. A, you know, as a, as a wholesale animal, I'm like, today, I was like, man, that's exciting. Like, And they're, like, 150 bucks or something. Like that. They're, yeah. they're more expensive. But I'm like, you know, I, to me, the thing that reptiles is so exciting is that happens to me. Like, probably daily. I don't know. It happens to me all the time where it's like, I'll just get to catch a glimpse of something or I'll start, like, thinking about something. And I'll be like, man, I haven't seen those in a while. Maybe I should have one of those. Like, you know, I, like, it's there's there's never an end to what I'm learning and what I think it intrigues me. Luckily, I don't act on all of it and get everything or I would be overwhelmed. But um, <laughs> so, the, the fact is that, you know, I've been doing this. How old am I? 
So <laughs> I've been doing this like 30 years of my life, you know. I mean, 30 years of my life I've been doing this, and I'm still excited about it, you know, yes. and I'm still excited to hatch a baby, and I'm still excited to, to get a species. And I have an idea in my head now of, like, I need to get all the species that I had or that I worked with when I was in my early 20s that you don't see anymore. I'm like, like all that simple stuff that was around, like I feel like it's going to go away and nobody's going to be able to appreciate it. And I'm like, you know, I have those things in my head that I can fall back on, but it's always exciting. Um, I rare, like, and again, I work with it all day. I work 40 hours plus a week with it. And then I come home and my kids go to bed and my wife goes to bed and I work in my snake room. until I'm tired and go to bed, you know, (laughs) but I'm never, you know, I'll have a night where I take a night off or whatever else, but like, I'm excited about it every day. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. My wife sometimes tells me that I'm more excited about it than some of our family things that I need to work on. <laughs> but, um, the the you plague know, of I, a snake keeper. <laughs> Legit. Yeah, like, I think, like, I don't know that there's a single thing. I think the, the thing that excites me the most is that it's exciting. You know, it's just, I think it never gets old. Um, I don't, like, I don't see, like, I don't know that, like, I'm, I don't do it for a living, but I mean, we may, you know, but I have enough that it, it helps me here and there. Um, mm-hmm. But like, I don't ever see it where I'd be like without or five or 10 or whatever. I don't even know. <laughs> like, you know, I always been like, would I want to get down to like four pairs or something and just have it so it's like easy and whatever else. But I'm like, I, I don't even know that I could do that. I couldn't figure that out. Um, yeah, for sure. Cause I like, I, I like so much. And even sometimes it's the same one, you know, like, Womas. I have, I have five Womas, but they're all different. Like I don't know that it's, it, it'd be hard to pick one. I mean, I've picked through them over the years, but I've produced all the ones that I've had. So I've, I've picked out the ones that I like over the years. So it's like, it's so hard to even pick a single out of a group. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, all so. right. So if uh, if people want to find out more about you and what you're doing, uh, where should they look you up on social media land? Um, just look up Dennis McNamara. Um, just if you I just have one Facebook page. I don't have a business page or anything. It's just mine. So I pretty much, I try to post on groups when I have babies so, so you can, or if you have a question or anything, you're welcome to message me or Instagram. I'm BB Dennis on Instagram. Um, either one of those, I try to post pictures whenever I think about it. And sometimes I have a lull, but, um, hmm. yeah. So if, if you ever need to get in touch with me, those are the easiest ways to get in touch with me. And, I I think I'm pretty responsive. Absolutely. Hell yeah. So thank you very much for coming on tonight, man. We really appreciate it. It was a good time. We're going to have to have you on sometime again soon. Yeah, that that went by very fast. Yes, it did. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. Take care. Have a good night. Thanks. You guys have a good night. See ya.